Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kingdom Dreamers podcast. Stephen Hibbert and I had an awesome conversation today with Caesar Kalinowski of Everyday Disciple. Uh, he's got a podcast. He's had it for over six years now, which is incredible, by the way. Uh, Caesar has a lot of experience in business and ministry. He's been a pastor. They, he and his wife have had multiple, but he said 25 businesses over the, over the years, which is, is a lot. My goodness. Uh, he's a true entrepreneur or builds something, kind of gets tired of it and passes it on, sells it off to other people. Um, but I, we love this conversation. Stephen and I learned so much from Caesar. And one thing I just wrote down here. And thinking about what he's doing now in his business and ministry, he's coaching business people, uh, couples. Uh, he said, you know, they're coaching people in every area of their life to take the gospel into every, every area of your life. Because the gospel doesn't just belong on Sunday. The good news is good news. It's good news to your business. It's good news to your family. It's good news to every single area of your life. And so he's coaching people how to walk that out and live that out. And he was saying like, whenever you're faced, let's say you're faced with a family problem, some issue, think about what would a healthy family do? What would a healthy family do that knows that God is their father, Jesus is their brother, and they have the Holy Spirit? What an awesome way to look at things because we do have the Holy Spirit who's here to guide us and help us along the way and solve every life's problem. We have a genius living inside of us. So let's take advantage of that. Um, but this is an awesome interview. Here it is. Caesar, welcome to Kingdom Dreamers, man. So good to meet you. Hey, it's good to meet you guys. Thanks for having me on. I think we're going to have a blast today. Yes, we're going to have yes, a sir. good time. So Eric Nevins, our good friend, introduced us to you. And uh, we're so grateful. So we're excited to hear uh, your story. I love hearing people's stories. I was uh, interviewing somebody yesterday for my Streams of Income podcast. And I was saying that stories are powerful because... You know, as business owners, we we learn from each other. Like I maybe I hear an episode with Steven and like, oh, I'm not going to make that mistake now. Or it <laughs> uh, just allows me to fast track because I heard how he did it and he's so much more successful now. And I don't know. And or I just might identify with somebody through their story. Like he's, you know, you're in the Seattle area. And so maybe somebody like I'm in Seattle and, you know, that it just resonates with people. So tell us yeah. your story and how you got to where you are now. Wow. Crazy. Well, originally my wife and I are from the Chicagoland area. We uh -huh. live out here in Seattle area now, but uh, grew up uh, very much in a uh, Catholic sort of environment. My last name's Kalinowski. If you're Polish, it kind of equals Catholic. <laughs> However, I'm, we're not. Um, my mom was a Protestant. And so from like a zygote forward, you know, in the womb forward, I was going to church, you know, they were, my mom was taking us every Sunday. My dad, though, he wasn't Catholic, but the whole rest of the family was, my dad was like a priester, you know, that term. It's like he went to church on Christmas or Easter, not usually both in one year. Why would you, you know? Um, <laughs> so he'd drop us off and pick us up at the end, you know, a lot of most weeks, but um, grew up in that and really Christianity was more about our afterlife. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, say this magic prayer, you know, get your afterlife upgrade secured. And, yeah. uh, you know, you can't find that in scripture, but that's what we're all about. Yeah. And then what's Christianity? Well, Christianity is behavioral modification and sin management till Jesus gets back or you die. Like, so try not to sin, you know? And if you want to be a rock star Christian, like set up chairs, usher, be, you know, usher with the best of them, tithe. Oh my gosh, you're for certain getting the jewels <laughs> in your crown. That was Christianity. And it was so small and it was so like, what? So mm -hmm. as a teenager, it was like, and I'm out, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I had faith, but I had no discipleship. There was no practicality of this connected to this life. It was like, yes, they will fly away kind of thing. Now, 
I ended up working at a Harley Davidson dealership from the time I was 17 to like 25. It was the best job you could ever have. I mean, as a, as a young rock star, I was local musician making my living uh-huh. that way. And uh, sometimes full-time, sometimes working at the Harley shop. But uh, those were super entrepreneurial people. And it really fit my sort of view on life. My dad was the opposite. He had one job after the military and retired there, you know, yeah. and that's what he wanted for me. Woo, sure, dad. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and so... Uh, but working for these entrepreneurs, it really opened up a whole understanding of the world. But but then I also found there was a crazy parallel to my faith as I then did actually start to walk with Jesus and was okay. discipled and ultimately became a pastor. And it was Can like, I ask is- your age through that? Because you said right around high school, you left the church, then you were doing this and then you yeah. sometimes so, came uh, back. So I started working at this Harley dealership. I ended up the parts manager at 18 at the largest Harley dealer in the States. I don't know how, why, you know, but I did. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. I, I asked for a huge raise because I thought, wait a minute, I was sweeping last month and now I'm running the parts <laughs> department and I know what our grosses are. <laughs> and they said, well, what do you want to make? And I, I was like, oh, I want 200 a week after taxes. And they went, sure. And I was like, oh, <laughs> even at 18, I knew they answered too quick. I left a lot on the table. Darn it. But that was like, that was like four or five times what my monthly nut was. You know, I was like, fine. You know, so anyway, um, so then I worked there till I was about 25. That's when I really started really having a, a true faith and, and mm. some really big differences. My wife had a similar experience at the same time. We both really got serious. Jesus kind of tapped us and said, yeah, I'm king. And we were like, he's king. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> yeah, really. And and then, but luckily in a community that actually discipled us, like we did life and they discipled us and spoke into our marriage and parenting and all that mm-hmm. bad parenting we'd experienced. And what's the difference and how does the gospel really speak to that? So yeah. it changed us. Yeah. Um, then we started our first business in uh, 85 or six. Okay. And then da, 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 we just kept doing that while we grew in our maturity and our ministry at the same time. And my wife and I were those people that were involved in every aspect of church life. You know, like we yeah. were just, you know, at one point, because we moved out of town with the church we helped plant, we said, well, before we leave, we want to leave. Well, let's look at the org chart. How many places are we plugged in? And it was like a church of 300 people. It wasn't giant, right? We were in 17 sw- slots on the chart. We're like, that's too much, right? Like, <laughs> That shouldn't be that many things. We're not being paid or anything. You know, it's like just like involved. Yeah. But um, as we moved on, uh, so I'm jumping way ahead. At 40, I'm running, I don't know, we're probably five, seven businesses into life at this point. Mm. I'm running a company of ours that's doing wonderful. Like we're growing like crazy. It was in fine art publishing and licensing. Mm. And I was traveling all over the world. And at 40, uh, it was almost audible. Uh, I was at a conference. I was at a Willow Creek leadership conference yeah. thing. And it was like, God said, and you're going to be a pastor now. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, it was almost audible. And I was like, okay, well, um, okay, pastor. <laughs> but I've never been to seminary and I'm running this business and I'm under a contract with my partners and I can't just bail. That wouldn't honor you. And so like literally within 90 days of that happening, miraculous things happened at a corporate level. And I was like released from my contract, given a huge severance, and I got to nice. retain my shares. Nice. And, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I'm financed, and I, but I'm not a pastor still. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was hired on at the mega church that we had been a part of for years as wow. a pastor in, 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 in communications. I was like sort of that guy. And then it became that kind of morphed into production. And so now if it was being seen, said, heard, or printed, I was the guy, you know, mm-hmm. and including getting to preach and have my head up 15 feet high in the giant screens, you know, and so. <laughs> 
it it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> now the whole time though, we're still running businesses, my wife and I. Yeah. And then we became church planners like three or four years later, but in a very upside down model. We we I was doing so much international work where I was with the church and being the church in war zones and Sudan. Yeah. People literally have nothing, like mm. no things. You know the word nothing, right? No things. Yeah. And they were so full of joy and they were so happy and so like a family on mission. And when we were there with them, some of them times extended times, we felt it and we'd come home and go, man, you know, could we just live that way? You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe some of you are, you know, the listeners like, oh, I've done short-term missions work and that's how it is, man. You bind together with people you don't even like, and you come away like family. <laughs> and then, yeah. you, you know, you have like the reunion meeting and you go like, man, wouldn't it be cool to live like that? You look through all the photos. We took it seriously and we said, what if we lived like that in the States? Like we're a missionary family sent to the country of Tacoma, Washington, you know, <laughs> and we had some other friends from that mega church life that were, yeah. And they'd already moved out here and we came out and we joined them and it was nuts yeah. because we just started living in the neighborhood while we did all of our other business stuff to try to eat, mm-hmm. but we didn't have any in that state. So we had to restart over. Um, and we started living like missionaries in the neighborhood as families. Like, what if we just blessed people and treated them like family? And we wow. helped them to walk in the ways of Jesus so that they would come to know the truth and that truth would set them free, like John 8. In that order, it's weird because we yeah. do this backwards in church. We go, if you'll believe what we say is true, we'll lead you in this magic Jesus in your heart prayer. You'll get set free. You won't feel <laughs> free, but you'll be set free. And uh, and then we'll disciple you, yeah. except we won't usually because churches don't so much, right? Yeah. But Jesus really said it the other way. If you'll be my disciple, walk in my ways, then you'll come to know the truth and that truth will set mm-hmm. you free. Wow. 180, right? Out of sync. We mm-hmm. started living that way and all kinds of people came to faith and they were very different type of Christian. It was their life. Wow. What does that look you like know? practically? Like when you, um, so you, so you guys moved into a neighborhood together and the same where you, your houses were literally. Very yeah, close we didn't together. actually know that we could. At the time we moved out here, it was 04, 2004, and the market was such that, you know, a house goes up for sale. Like, I want to make an offer on it. Brr, 10, uh, you know, b- uh, offers with backups and escalators. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, compared to back in Illinois. And um, so we ended up with a 100 year old craftsman home mm-hmm. that needed a lot of work and paid way more than we thought we should for it. You know, that's just what yeah. it took, right? And but by God's grace, we were able to get it. And it turned out to be a great deal, actually. You yeah. just don't know it at the time. But then our partners, the Vanderstelts, the, they they moved to Tacoma. And literally, they lived like five or six houses around the corner. It was mm, nice. it just the way it worked out. Yeah. And we started from there. And there was a handful of other people that were spread throughout Tacoma. We said, we're going to live this way. And I don't know if they'll just be us doing it, you know, yeah. <laughs> 15, 20 of us. But we're going to live like what we read in the book of Acts. What if we did? You know, I, I, my, my wife and I were like, if us and the kids, we have three kids, if we could live authentic faith with a handful of people and be serious about it, like what I was experiencing overseas. And so had they now, I'd rather do that. I think than be the guy on, you know, on the headset, third service going, all right, cue camera three, smoke, smoke lights up. Hey, Steven, a little, a little slow on the uh, smoke there, bro. Next service. Let's get that up. Okay. Thanks. Bro. Thanks. Good job. I was like, I don't know, man. Like I love that community. And because of my background in, in entertainment, actually, I was really good at it, man. I could put yeah. on the show, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Easter and Christmas productions out of the park. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I was like, man, I just want to live this real. And I want my kids to grow up thinking the church is a program or a building. I want to think it's faith. It's yes. people. It's a community, you know, mm. a family. And yeah. so that happened. And that's how we live now. And ultimately, that's what we give our whole life to is uh, yeah. like discipling and coaching people 
into a lifestyle of discipleship where they live in community with others, their kids wow. are in tow. It fits their busy schedules because no one's busier than us. <laughs> you know, we're 25 plus businesses and nonprofits into our life now. It's crazy. Wow. It's nuts. I know. And it sounds like, well, they must have been like all MLM like weekend. Nope. <laughs> I'm talking legit LLCs that were built, grown and sold, you know, like, you know, wow. and uh, but that's that entrepreneurial thing. You know, why don't you yeah. just sign one of them and get rich? It's like because I get itchy once it's profitable and it's working. I like here. Yeah. You guys want it? I never sold any, but I'm learning the sales process is the next step. I was always building and then burning and then going to the next one. But the selling of well, we've done a little of that by, of. by God's grace, though. I don't know that we've ever we've closed a couple things intentionally to move to the next. But I don't know if we ever fortunately crashed and burned like, ouch. <laughs> no, they were now, successful. I just was done with it. So yeah, I would yeah. like to match. And just and I'm going like, to knock on that some wood because I'm not that. Uh, I don't uh, like next month. What happened? I shouldn't have said that on the podcast. <laughs> wow. No, God is so, so cool. God is so good to us. And my wife is the best. She's my partner in all of it. Mm. And in we've always done it all together. And uh, some people are like, I can never work with my spouse. And it's like, <laughs> even in the years where our marriage wasn't like, let's say the best it's ever been. We work together. Great. Yeah. You know, that was the thing that was kind of consistently, we were just God had gifted us and really sort of, uh, you know, good pairing, you know, Mm. it's definitely been a lifestyle that you've led doing it this way. How much do you feel has been like hyper intentional and how much of it do you feel like has just been adjusting and making sure the course is moving forward and it just works out that way? That's a great question. It's it's interesting at the risk of not sounding politically correct. Okay, I don't know what, anymore what you can say, but I think this will be okay. When I was uh, in um, middle school and high school back in Illinois, um, my best friend and his family were Chinese, and the family business was a laundry. So that's what we called the Chinese laundry. Yeah, they didn't call it that; they called it a laundry. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they ate dinner, they didn't say we're having Chinese food; they just had food, right? But in our westernized mindset, and that's how it was, that's what they did. Well, the building that the laundry was in, they lived upstairs. And mm-hmm. when I go over after school sometimes, it'd be like, hey, here's some food and get your homework done. And I need you to do a quick delivery. And grandma's like <laughs> running the steam press. Psh, psh, and then she has to run upstairs to stir the rice pot. And it was like, I loved it. You know what I mean? Because my family was real broken and weird. And dad went to work and came home. And then we hid from him because he was mean and angry all the time. And and theirs was just like, they were on a mission together, man. And So you and think I that made it. a huge impression on you to just go like, oh, I like that. I want to recreate that essentially. Yeah. And then jump ahead a little bit, like, well, a lot of bit, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to travel the world doing international missions work and, and we're run we have businesses running at the same time. Mm-hmm. And my wife would be home with the kids then when I'm like in Sudan or in Burma during a war or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the kids were, the kids were like at each other's throats. You know what I mean? Like my wife's like, wow, they were rough this trip. And I would talk <laughs> to a man like, come on, you guys got to pull together and be more of a team. It feels like you're playing opposite teams here. What are you doing there, son? Like your sisters, you know, I need you to step up and help you lead and all. And so we invented this thing called Team K. You know, our last name's Kalinowski. And we started referring to our family as Team K. And we had these really corny shirts made up. Back in the day, if you wanted anything printed on a shirt, it was airbrushed on, yes. you know, like a van, like a hippie van. We still have them. I don't have one here. I could show you it's downstairs in the other office, but um, it, they were turquoise, man. They are turquoise. We still have them. Airbrush Team K. And we would wear them and we'd go out and rake the leaves for a neighbor or out when we were chopping wood in the backyard or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it became this moniker that sticks to this day 
Mm. Our kids are all grown. Um, where Team K is who we're called, and it's us at our best. And mm-hmm. and people wanted to be at. Oh, t- hey, when when am I getting invited to Team K family dinner, man? Interesting. You guys, mm. So that was birthed out of your wife having some difficulty with the kids and you coming back and having that or was that something yeah. that you kind of grew up with and it was no that was that we're like how do we start helping the kids see each other as more of a team and uh, so on the same team now interestingly enough it worked yeah. not only did other people go wow i want to be on this team, <laughs> right i want to be on this team but um our kids now as adults are best friends and they are mm-hmm. raising their babies together intentionally mm-hmm. like we're not moving because i I want these cousins growing up like brothers and sisters mm. and it's a beautiful existence. Our kids are our best friends. Uh, the grandkids really are my best friends. They love grandpa. Man. Wow. <laughs> I love that. But when you, you know how it is, uh, maybe you guys, I don't, do you have kids? I have a child. Yeah. Five-year-old. Right I now I've got three 30 somethings that eat exactly what we like to eat. Drink the same <laughs> beverages. We like to be- We vacation together because we like to do the same thing. And they're raising the kids to be just the same way. How fun is nice. this? That's so fun. And then the Oikos, awesome. our extended family of friends and people that were discipling all that, they're attracted to this lifestyle. Yeah. And it's kingdom because it's grace Community. and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun and there's truth mm-hmm. spoken and the gospel is being dripped into all of it. Yeah. And they're attracted to it. And so they're not hard to hang with because they like us. <laughs> you know? yeah. And they're not like, hey, don't talk about your faith. It's like, that's who we are. And they know it. You know, So it's a lifestyle of disciple making in that sense. Yeah. That's fascinating. How many more of those like life pivoting pieces like that have come out of you just doing life? Like, What are the things that you can look back now and go, this Team K set a precedence? Like uh, you traveling, going overseas, I'm sure had... That was huge because I was like, that's what the church really is, not the show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not anti-Sunday. Put on as big a show as you want. If that helps you feel close to but God. it's the rest of it that you need to. It's not. It was like, but what about the other six days mm-hmm. and 22 hours mm-hmm. a week? Like, mm-hmm. do, Is it real? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or are we just waiting for our afterlife upgrade? You know, what, yeah. what, what's going on here? You know? yeah. um, I, so I would say that early on the entrepreneurship exposure, um, I, I was on a I was on a trip once uh, a missions trip is what we'd call it I think life is mission but uh, and I, we were in I think Uganda maybe and I was we were we were visiting a church building there and staying up at some apartments they had overnight and they had these posters all over the church building and it was weird because it was there it was events going on and this one's going to be led by um, Apostle Steve Stephen and this one's going to be led like by Evangelist Ryan. And this one's going to be led by Prophet Angela. And I was asking my buddy, who was the associate at this mega church, I said, hey, they all have these titles. And I know that comes out of, you know, Ephesians, you know, prophet, I mean, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. I said, how come at our church we only have pastor, but our senior pastor doesn't <laughs> pastor anybody, man. He's not a warm, fuzzy kind of shepherdy dude. And so we talked about it, and I and I my buddy said, "Well, you're clearly an apostle. Look at all these businesses you have started and run." Mm. And it was the first time that someone spoke that and said, "No, that's clearly true of you." Mm. And then I began to wonder and pray about that, and that's what I think ultimately then led to being a church planner and helping people start faith communities of any size. Really, not mm. we don't plant church services the way we do it. We plant gospel and community families this way. Yes. And then as it multiplies, Hey, gather them up any way you want. You want to do it on Sunday? Cool. You want to do it yeah. on Monday night? Great. I don't, you know, whatever, you know, do it all week. I hope. So <laughs> that was the big one. 
that was another big one going like, whoa, apostolic. It's a real deal. You know, little A, I say, I don't want to freak anybody out. It's not like right. in the line of Paul and Peter. And I was like, ah. So you think from being an entrepreneur, it's it's helping you identify like the, you're just doing a bunch of stuff. And then this, the cream rises to the top where it's like, this is working. How do I scale and multiply this? Yeah. Is it uh, faith? Like, are you praying about this and then it's coming to you? Or, you, or like when you come home and the kids are kind of fighting, it's just like in the moment, you kind of like, I got to come up with a solution. <laughs> this is going to work right now. And let's see how it pans out. Well, 25, 30 years ago, I probably had one answer. And now, you know. <laughs> I'm older, I would say it's different. Got a lot more of the, the right? tricks of the bag. As I've gotten older, brother, I, I think it's less mystical of like, unless I put in, oh, this many days in a row on my knees in the dark in a closet, and it has to be prior to 6 a.m., I probably won't get an answer from God. Mm-hmm. As if dad is so distant and unable to communicate. Unless he only gets up at five, yeah. You know? <laughs> I believe that the spirit of God, the operating All system, the right, himself, lives in us, man. Yeah. And so I think that as I try to live in light of that, that I think that those those types of problems and situations, now I'm not saying I don't pray directly. I do every day and try to pray all day, actually, you know, for like Brother Lawrence. More of a relationship than yeah, just Yeah, and you're like, into- you know, based on my relationship with dad and faced with this problem, and this is a question, this is like a benchmark question my wife and I use all the time in our own life and ministry, church plants, but also in our coaching with other couples and leaders, is, okay, you got a challenge, you got a problem in front of you, be it a business one, maybe, maybe it's a church attendance issue, a staff problem, your kids, whatever. Well, what would a healthy family do? Like, what would a healthy family who has God as their daddy, their Abba, Jesus is their brother. Hebrews, right, says Jesus is not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters. So our Lord and Savior, Jesus, is our brother and empowered by the power that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit indwells us. So what would a healthy family who's got God as a daddy, Jesus as a brother, and the power of the spirit, what would they do in this situation? Mm. And we've never not gotten a good answer with that. Mm. You know, like, let's, for instance, you got someone on staff, be it either at a church or one of the businesses that we run or run currently. And you're like, they're not in a great, that, they're not doing great. Well, how would I treat them if they were a brother or sister? Mm. Well, it wouldn't be necessarily, well, we'll just keep paying them because that's what you do because they're brother, they're family. They suck at their job or they're not showing up on time or they're letting other things like become idols. And so it's ruining their ministry or their work or whatever. Yeah. No, it would be addressed in love and in grace. And maybe they would have to pivot or maybe we'd have to help them find a different role in life that puts the bread on the table, but they're still family. I love you. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. It's like my kids don't work in our business and most, you know, most jobs and things that we need, they wouldn't be a fit, but if they wanted to, we'd probably try to find something, but if it didn't work, we'd say, nah, go back to that. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Not so, just to hang around. So that's another one of those benchmarks is how would a healthy family who has God as their daddy, Jesus, their brother, and the power of the spirit living in them. How mm-hmm. would we deal with that? Now, do mm. we do that perfectly? Do we have oh, all perfect discernment? No, of course not. Because I'm still selfish. And, and you know who Caesar loves the most? Caesar. <laughs> I love me, man. My day, my day goes so perfect, you guys. It goes so perfect if everything goes exactly the way I want it to go. I, don't, I, I go to bed, so what a great day it was. No one disagreed. <laughs> no one pushed back. I didn't get any crazy emails that I couldn't you know, resolve. You know what I mean? But oh, guess yeah. what? That's not how we become conformed to Christ. It's right. through all the, like, so we use this definition of discipleship is, is helping others and them helping us move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in absolutely every area of life. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Okay. Moving from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel or from lies to the truth of the gospel, Mm -hmm. but in every area of life. Yeah. Well, listen, if we hung out enough, you might go, Caesar's a fun guy to hang with. And I like him, but he's not exactly Jesus yet. There's some edges there, man. (laughs) and Some deep crevices that don't seem to smell and act like Jesus. That's because I'm still not believing the truth in all areas. And there's times when I go, well, but I'm still kind of God, right? I'm still kind of smart here i can manage the knowledge of good and evil here i think yeah and i didn't check that's when it starts God. falling yeah right? falling apart. yeah yeah and so and so that's how we see discipleship as well at a micro and a macro level it's helping people move from unbelief to belief about what, who god is and what he says is true of us now because of what jesus has done and, and how we get to live not how we're supposed yeah. to live but how we get to live because of the truth of the gospel that's my goodness that's awesome i i have a question for you through all the businesses and nonprofits that you've had, what do you think the core of your success is? Like, what is the through line through all of that? Is it your idea and understanding of like what to prioritize? Is it knowing that it's faith-based, so you're charging ahead? Is it family? Is it working with your wife? Is there anything that you can point to to go, this is the main thing? Well, that's a great question too. I, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Uh, I think as we've progressed, I'm just, I'm kind of spitballing here with you. Okay. I think as we've progressed, things have gotten easier. In other words, they <laughs> feel less heavy lifting, like what the heck, you know, the wheels are coming off. Yeah. To you like, have some hey, experience think, in going through it. Yeah. Um, I think it's moving more and more towards more and more of our day in our gifted areas. Mm-hmm. We first started out, we didn't mm-hmm. know anything about running a business. We didn't know anything about sales. We didn't know anything about marketing. We didn't know anything about printing. We didn't know anything yeah. about, you know, whatever, whatever it took, whatever business we were in. And it all had to be figured out. And then you start realizing, okay, there's a modicum of success here. You know, we're paying the bills. We've got some staff here. I hate 80% of what I do all day, you know? And that's oftentimes the impetus to go, who likes doing that? How about we sell it to you, you know, or you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so as we've progressed through businesses, they become more and more like, that's what I like to do all day. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, we made a very decisive decision, my wife and I, maybe five, seven years ago now. We're going to kind of divest ourselves of most all business and really focus on this coaching and equipping of others mm-hmm. to live this lifestyle be it mm-hmm. if they're entrepreneurs or not, or if they're pastoring or not, but to live a lifestyle of discipleship where they're really experiencing spiritual freedom. Like they, mm-hmm. God's not pissed off at us all the time. It's like <laughs> yeah. left or right, left or right, make a choice. Oh, God's got like, oh man, Stephen, why did you choose that? Choice? You made us think of a mistake again. Oh, I was hoping you're going to go left. You know, Ryan, what, 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 you know, no, there's spiritual freedom. God's good. Our dad is, loves us. And there's relational peace. I'm not walking on eggshells around people. Because God's glorious, not them. They're not that glorious, man. I love you guys, you know, <laughs> but God says this about me and I'm going to try to anchor in that more. Mm. And so this, this helping people find that spiritual freedom and relational peace and then help them lead their churches that way. The, the gospel in every single area of life, not just a program for an hour and a half a week about your afterlife largely <laughs> and then go try to do this. You know? So would you so. say that your gift is coaching? I think my gift is communicating communicating big ideas in very simple and then practical ways. I really see mm. myself as an equipper. Mm. I, I like to preach and teach, and I'm, I think I'm. people would say I'm pretty good on a big stage and all that. But what I love to do is equip people that go then and multiply and have impact. Mm. Would you and, be able to – sorry, continue. 
And so for me, if I only have like, okay, this much time and you have to go this choice or that, give me the one that's probably going to equip people to do more of what we're doing. I love working myself out of a job. I Mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why we've started so many things too. You know, it's like, Hey, great. Not as exciting anymore. (laughs) Like, let me, let me help you be awesome at that. And the truth is too, and you all know this when you, over time, find people that are better that better than you are at certain aspects of your business and ministry, and then you help them get good at what you're good at. They're going to probably be better than you at it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I probably will never be accused of that uh, founder syndrome where I can't let go. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is an interesting thing. That as I've done consulting and help businesses, that is something that I find a lot of people have a hard time with is letting go but i see the successful people that's what they're very good at is just like what you said working your way out of a job like just because you can do it doesn't mean that you're the best and the only one that can do it somebody else can do this better give it to them let them do it and then find out what your skill is because you're not the best at everything no matter what you think about yourself right you can't be it's impossible so find the thing that you're good at and key in on that i think that is your success is being able to identify and understand your gift and leverage it and know that somebody else can do things better. I think that is part of the entrepreneur is just like, we like to solve problems, grow, build, but we do get bored and want to move on. But the, it's amazing to see that you found success in that in multiple areas, in business, in yeah. nonprofits, in scriptural, church, family. It's it's very impressive where I feel like I constantly take a left and I'm failing. I'm just like, okay, Jesus, I grabbed the wheel that time. I apologize. I need to put you back so first. So two things happened in the 90s to help clarify some of this for me. But then I had to figure out how to walk this out. And I know you guys are like probably born in the 90s or something. Not even. <laughs> but but so I'm a super old guy. But, but um, early on, like in our first business or two, I had some people tell me, man, gosh, your idea, your idea generation is ridiculous. You're like, you're, you've got to focus for a little bit, you know? And I really didn't take that for, uh, I didn't take that too seriously for quite a while. Over time, I've learned to focus. You know, some people pick a word of the year, kind of like, what's your word for the year? I don't really do that, but I had some friends really challenge me hard to do that this year. Focus was my word. Mm. Making a huge difference. (laughs) So that was one thing. Um, And then early on, too, uh, this is a few more businesses later, you know, uh, around late 90s, maybe. Um, I actually uh, was helped to develop a personal mission statement. And uh, Lori Beth Jones had a book called The Path, and it's all about kind of understanding yourself better and then creating your personal mission for life. Not your job, but your mission. So you could it could manifest itself in all kinds of jobs. Yeah. And I did that, and I immediately was like, oh, air, holy cow, that's me. This is what I'm going to be about. Like, this is, if I could do that, and I realized I wasn't in most of my, you know, back to what I was saying, like, wow. most mm. of my day in life is not that, maybe 40% is that? Yeah. How do I get up to 80 plus, you know? Yes. And then I even went out and got training face-to-face with just a handful of people with Lori Beth to make sure I'd done it right, you know, the process, you know? And she affirmed it, it was. And so, like, my mission is is to to communicate steward and promote divine truth Mm. that's it as long as i'm communicating truth and i define that divine truth by the the, how the gospel speaks into all of life not just our sin and afterlife issues you know um and i want to steward that meaning i want to live that i want to all me do that and then promote that to others like the kingdom works that's (laughs) the kingdom of god is a good thing it's how god's created the world to work and you get to we get to live in it Mm. if i'm doing that 
it could take on all kinds of different flavors. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why we've had, I think, so many expressions of business types. It's yeah. not been like, yeah, 25 businesses, they've all been mail order. You know? <laughs> but we did have a successful mail order catalog. Mm. You know, they've all been in publishing. Nope, but we've had several publishing companies. It's it's but they've all had that common thread of communicating mm. and promoting divine truth. And and at times, because of my entrepreneurs, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna pivot here. I, I'm gonna pivot for 10 years and I'm gonna help people just start their business and rock it. And I'm like, yeah, I know how far that would go, about two years, and then I would be going, I don't care that much about that. <laughs> Because it, it's for me, the mission is communicate, <laughs> steward, and promote divine truth, but mm. into everything. And so that does, I don't feel limited by that. You know? mm. Stephen, this is so good for you because I feel like you're talking to like the, I don't know how old the, the, the age difference between you two guys, but let's say it's, you know, it could be 20 years. Um, you're, you're talking to somebody who's 20 years ahead of you. So, man, you feel free to ask. You can also, I'm sure he'll be happy to chat with you afterwards too. Um, but like, yeah, this has this been is, extremely this helpful is super for valuable me. for yeah. you specifically, which is an awesome. Uh, uh, the Caesar, I love having a podcast because, like, I get to meet cool people and I can ask them anything I want. Now, I do want to be able to be thinking about the audience behind me that's listening, and I want it to be valuable for the audience. But sometimes I'll slip in questions like, I know nobody else is going to care about this except for me, but this is my show, so I can ask that. So I want to know that question. Yeah. Steven's been just rapid firing the pitching yeah. machine been coming, and I love it. Obviously, I'm probably talking too fast. I should have had less coffee this morning. <laughs> but uh, but I'd love to know what's the, what's that what's that burning question, Ryan? Yeah, no, I mean, I think for me, it was one thing is just thinking about, um, I've been, I got to meet with some folks who are the... Um, sorry, my son just walked in here. I uh, got home from school. Um, you want to say hi real quick? And Caesar, I leave this stuff on my sh- episodes too. Say hi. This is Caesar. This is Callan. <laughs> Callan, you are handsome fellow. <laughs> this feels like all it's like of our every day. Stuff. That's the same line that everybody uses. Melissa said that yesterday. <laughs> hey, you know what? Our our kids have literally all modeled, and, uh-huh. and we have had oh, this wow. statement spoken to us not once, multiple times. People say to us, "Hey, you know." No, no, no offense or anything, but are your kids natural born? Because, man, they're good looking. And I'm like, am, are we that fugly? I think I'm oh my God. in the middle of just normal. I don't know. My wife's beautiful, too. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Okay, no, my question is I, I got a chance to meet with um, a guy named John Kelly recently. He's the um, founder of the International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. And so I'm curious to know um, when you said apostolic and or apostles are entrepreneurs or vice versa. Can you unpack that just a little bit? Because like I'm familiar with that verse, um, but I've never really thought about what an apostle means other than, you know, the 12 disciples of Jesus. And what is an mm. apostle today? And because I, I'm starting to meet some of them through John and there are people who, oh, 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 no. Oh no! Okay, second. Sorry, <laughs> so must have oh. gotten pulled. Alan, Alan just help you with the buttons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you because this, this this does seem like a lot of things that I'm going through. It it seems like you have that same entrepreneurial spirit. It it, it feels like I'm trying to push everything together, but it feels like it pulls apart at times. And I go, does it? Does it all work together? Like it must because it's gone through everything, but it just feels like I'm trying to force things together that don't work together. But hearing your story lets me know like, oh yes, it is. But it's not like a, 
you sit down and figure it all out and then you live it that way. It's like you going, doing a thing, coming back, having a problem and then trying to solve that problem. And then it turns out to be like, oh, this is a thing that our family can rally around. I think I'm going through some of those things where it's like past decisions have worked out, but it's now just like caused more problems where just go like, what what is the correct solution for? But your way to look at it through what is a healthy family doing the situation is like key to me that's why i said like oh a lot of this is extremely speaking to me just being able to ask that question and go like hey what would a healthy family do how would i treat this person like a brother or sister through family let's go in that solution i feel like if i look back that is how i would say i'm doing things but i don't know because i've never truly asked the question and i'll give you for instance that so a few businesses back my wife uh, and I owned and she really operated uh, an all-day breakfast restaurant for eight years plus. Well, and we had other stuff going on at the same time. That's the hardest thing we've ever done. <laughs> Run a restaurant. Wow. Seven days a week, man. That's nuts, right? Yeah, and we worked in a couple out biz- never owned. <laughs> it was probably the busiest restaurant in town. Like It was like <laughs> weekends, line out the door down the block and everybody's stoked. Nice. Don't mind, you know, like, get some free coffee, wait in line. We don't care, you know. But um, here's what that means to treat people like a healthy family. Given the staff... Healthcare, even if they're only working like 22 hours, you know, a week, and we're not even barely taking anything out of the business for ourselves, but that mm-hmm. was the right way to take care of these people. It mm-hmm. wasn't mandated yet. It was, you know, Obamacare hadn't kicked in where we had to or whatever, or a certain size it was just, these are like our brothers and sisters and they need help with this. Mm. And so it was that kind of that, those, and I'm not trying to make it all. Oh, you guys are so altruistic. No, it's the right <laughs> thing to do. And I've had, I've had, I've had people that I felt like micro mentored me in life and business, mm-hmm. not even some believers and mostly not that said, you know, doing the right thing for the right reasons is always going to be good business. Mm. Now to put that in our language, it's like treat people like family and like, you'd want to be treated. Wait a minute. Jesus says, yeah, the golden rule. Yeah. Like the beach. Hey, wait a second. I think that's gospel in there, you know? <laughs> so it works. It really, really does. Now that doesn't always mean. Oh, and your EBITDA, you know, your, your bottom to go down the bottom of the right, that's always going to be bigger because of those choices. But d- do we love our life? Man, we do. And mm-hmm. do we have a depth of relationship that's across all these businesses and people? You're not going to find a b- bunch of our past employees going, those Kalinowski. You know, like, <laughs> there's probably some, you know what I mean? You got to fire people. But but usually we fire them and then they're still over for dinner. You know, it's like, sorry, yeah. man, but you, mm. gosh, you can't just show up late every day, man. Sorry. We talked about it. I'd be also it. very interested to see, like, I think a lot of your success comes through the relationship. Like you caring, I think is another key to your success. Like understanding yeah. community, understanding people, understanding the relationships, treating them correctly, asking that question. I, I think that is another core piece of your success yeah. through all of this. I had a banker early on tell me, if you treat if you treat your customers and employees like friends or family, you're never going to succeed. That's mm. your problem. And my wife and I talked hard about that for for a while. Like that that's our problem. That's why our hearts <laughs> breaking all the time. We're treating everybody like family and like friends. But then we said, but if we couldn't, then I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to crash and burn, but we'll be like, well, we love you <laughs> and they love us, <laughs> or we're probably not going to do it because yeah. I want to have a life not just business. And you go like, well, we treated everybody like business and they got what they earned and uh, we're retired at 50, you know, and we, we have no friends and no life and our kids leave it awake. Yeah. No, Mm. thanks. Uh -uh. Mm. So we said, okay, he might be right. We might be wealthier or something. If in, in a certain sense, you know, it's odd that this is even coming up because this morning, just in my own kind of time and prayer and thinking, I was like, I'm the richest guy in the world. 
because of my relational relationships, my, mm-hmm. my kids, the flexibility I have in ministry slash business. Mm. I feel like I literally am the richest guy in the world. Now, if you saw my bank account and, and my net worth, it's like, nah, there's richer guys. <laughs> <laughs> I really do feel that way. Yeah. And, and I'm not just saying it. It's just like, yeah. golly, well, what would you do differently? A lot. You know, mm. do you want to get back to your question? Yes. I'm um, sorry. Callan pulled out the cord to my computer. It's cut <laughs> off my camera. Thanks, um, just curious about entrepreneurs now, and, and apostles. <laughs> Why you said entrepreneurs are apostles or maybe it's apostles or entrepreneurial. Okay. So um, this is going to get deep in the weeds. I'll try not to. So that there's a verse in Ephesians four. It says, okay, so Jesus is given gifts to his church to equip, yep. to equip them. So they'll come together in unity and maturity. Well, mm-hmm. isn't that what we want in our churches? Unity. Don't have a lot of that right now. Maturity, yeah. less of that, right? Maybe we're missing something here. So what were the gifts he gave? They were people. And he said, and some of them will be given uh, our apostles. Mm-hmm. Some of them will be uh, prophets. Some yep. will be evangelists. Some will be shepherds. Mm-hmm. Some will be teachers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, those are people. So they're types of people. Well, the, I believe the church is the, God's family. It's the kingdom of God. Come. Mm-hmm. It's the model for humanity, right? If Christ yes. is, you know, the first dad, right? So I have a friend who's a really big author, Alan Hirsch, who's given his life to writing around about this topic, mm-hmm. and he says all those five gifts are human gifts of, from God to humanity and the church in specific that, that show up like, okay, do you think there's teachers in real life? Of course there are. Mm-hmm. Are there shepherds, like counselor types in real life? Of course there are. Are there evangelists, those people that could rally people to a, a cause and sign people up? Like it doesn't even matter, like sell ketchup, to, you know, popsicles to an Eskimo or you know, whatever it is, white gloves or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. See, all those are real. The apostle so it's not like the 12 apostles, like from a Catholic right. perspective, the right. apostle is those generative, it's a generative gift. They're the people who like to set foundations and start new work. Mm-hmm. And they're a bit of a jack of all trades, but not yeah. the best at anything. Mm-hmm. And they move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you look you, at Steven. Paul and, and mm-hmm. the other apostles, <laughs> they're starting churches, they're moving on. And then they're yeah. leaving behind a guy, Timothy. Hey, you're kind of young. Don't worry about that. Keep, keep, you know, keep doing this, yeah. but it's not Good. your natural bent. So make sure Timothy, don't forget to do the work of an evangelist too. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta sign more people up. You gotta keep growing this. You gotta make yeah. sure the gospel is the center of all of it. Don't just get pragmatic, Timothy. Yeah. Be careful, bro. And so I think it's the same gifting. Yeah. And and I, I what about people who though are total atheists and hate God and they're horrible to people and they're entrepreneurs? I think it's still that human image bearing gift coming out of their mm. ability, but yeah. it's not being given back to God for His glory yeah. and the benefit of His creation. Mm. I think that's, that's the good. primary difference. That's so good. And maybe the longer we walk in these gifts and go, that is true of me. You know, that same author, Alan Hirsch, who's really the de facto guy in the church world right now in that he, you know, he's interviewed lots of people and I've spoken all over the world with him and we're pals too. And, you know, even in one of those books, he lists off, here's some modern day apostles. And, and he, I, humbly, he lists me as one of them, you know, and you're like, uh, that's, that's a huge, and I, oh, okay. You know, like, it's not like that's paying bills, but um it's like an affirmation of what is true. And it's not yeah. true because of me. It's true because God has gifted me that. Yes. And then made me a gift to the church and to the world that way. Now, yeah. if I believe that and live out of it, it's the easiest way to live. See, the, yeah. living out of your true identity is the easiest, most fulfilling life. Think about that, right? For just mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I say this. Birds don't fly because they're supposed to. Mm. they fly because they get to man they're birds yes <laughs> if all of a sudden i said hey uh, ryan and steven check your email a little upgrade you can fly now you know i'm like and you'd be like what click i'm flying i'm <laughs> out of here like podcast over 
it's the same with all of our identity in Christ, our God-given, yeah. created in his triune nature mm-hmm. in many ways. When you live out of your identity, what's true of you, because God says it's true of you, and he empowers that, it's the most natural way to live. Yes. It's, it's just you'll find it. It's okay. frictionless except for our own unbelief. Yeah. Back to what's discipleship, moving from unbelief to belief in every mm. area of life. Mm. Mm. It's, I tell you, people look at our life and they go, oh, I'm too busy for that. That freaks me out. You have people over all the time. <laughs> you, you know, you live like missionaries. You have people over. It's like open door. I couldn't do it. I'm like, yeah, you could, but you got to believe what God says is true of you. And there's mm-hmm. freedom in being who you are. It's not mm-hmm. should or supposed to. No, you get to. You get to That's be awesome. who God's created you to be. Wow. Love it. And there again, I don't bifurcate that business That's and good. ministry and mm-hmm. parenting and grand, now grandparenting. It's kind of all one dealio. Yeah, and if, I, if I'm working and my grandkids are around, guess what? I'm working and maybe they're helping if they can. Or or <laughs> I'm giving them some work to do so they feel like they're doing some work too. Yeah. So we're learning lessons, teaching, doing something at the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what would you say for the person that thinks that uh, their Christian life is just on Sundays? Or maybe that's the person, because most people listening to this are already know that you know Jesus should be a part of their, their Monday through sa- Saturday as well. What does that look like practically? I think you mentioned some of it, um, but <laughs> wow. help help me help us It'll think take me through like years a business to, owner, to that. somebody that has two a business. Answers. We have two years. Is this a super yeah. long form podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, I just think of some practical tips that they can bring Jesus into the, I mean, is it like in the relationships with their coworkers? Um, I mean, I mean, other than, you know, like, for us, it starts at the kitchen table. Well, it starts yeah. in the mirror a little bit. I'd want to talk to them about their true identity. Yeah. That's really the key to the kingdom. Yeah. Is we're image bearers, I believe, and mm-hmm. and so is everybody. So even that employee you can't stand and no one else can, or that person, homeless person, or the bridge who's an addict that by choice and wow, set still creating the image of God. So that now, if you start to believe that, then you start to believe, well, we have the me too, yeah, and then mm-hmm. you start to believe what God says is true of you. So yeah. I want to talk to them about that a little bit, looking yeah. here a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, but then it goes to the kitchen table, you know, like yeah. how do you have family dinner nights that are full of grace and mm-hmm. fun? and joy and there's a connection point and it's not discipline and you're calling out everybody for all the wrong stuff and this mm. do to be kind of world system yes. right what you do equals your value yeah. like you'll be worth more when your business is net and x like no <laughs> i don't think i'm worth more i might have a nicer car you know or something you know right pay, pay off a bill earlier but yeah no and so it really starts there we say you know open up open up your table one night a week you're going to eat anyway probably you know and, and start having a family dinner night that's real special. And then once yeah. you kind of establish that, this is what we found. This is kind of the, you know, over time, people wanted to be at that table with us. Mm. So much so that we got to a point when we moved to Tacoma and we were, you know, starting to plant communities this way. Mm-hmm. Our kids said, hey, this is great. We love it. We got a million brothers and sisters now. Um, can we have one night a week that's just <laughs> bio team K? You know, like the, the loins, you know, just us kids, you know? and we talked about why we talked yeah. about why, you know, what was their heart motivation? And it was good. It was fair. And so then we talked to the community and said, you can be around up till five o'clock on Wednesday and you can come back over around seven, seven thirty. but we're going to have dinner just once a week with the kids yeah. and do whatever. And I'm not, I don't want to suggest that people just were like packed our house 24 seven, but sure. it's a community and people roll in and out. And, and yeah. there was a lot of young single people. And single guys who know that the dinner table is always open seem to somehow show up around dinner time a lot. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, so we were grateful. It was fine. That's and awesome. our kids were too. However, they wanted some of that time separate. But as that table experience was such a picture of the kingdom happening, mm-hmm. at least that part of our day, others wanted in. 
Mm. So then, you know, so then the people we coach, we say, so once you've established that and that, man, I hope you want that, you know, <laughs> like, like that beautiful time of the week that you have to experience grace and together, then, then what if you had another of your 21 meals a week that you said, Hey, you know, we're going to have Thursday night. We just have like talk, you know, or t- taco Tuesday, and we're going to have a few other people, anybody who's around, like you just want to hang out and we're going to just be mm. good neighbors and try to treat each other like family. Now, some people go, Oh, no one went on to do that. Uh, opposite. <laughs> um, everybody wants to do that. Yeah. We, I've, I've taught this and trained young this single men <laughs> I've taught Anybody this that's hungry. in 30 countries now literally over 30 countries yeah. wow and it's not yet I've not it's found a place it's got me yet. every time yeah I've not <laughs> found a place yet no you know what well but you know you're saying you go and you hand out flyers yeah we lived in Manhattan and we went and handed out flyers man in the Upper West Side to happy hours Lots mm. of people came, man. They yeah. were just dying for a place at the table to be treated wow. like family. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everybody's too busy. Yeah. In Manhattan, they're all hedge funds and lawyers and stuff, bro. Like they were super busy. But you know what changes your priority? A place Hunger. at the table. <laughs> <laughs> free free adult beverages and, uh, and good appetizers. You know what I mean? Like I'm just saying. And so we've not found a place where people aren't longing for connection and that's no, unity. Every single person? No. But we yeah. call these people of peace. There are people that want, they like you, man. They go like, you know what? This guy's a little different. I love it. I, I'll get as much time as I can get with Ryan. Come on, man. I dig this guy. Steven and his family. I think this is our family, man. Ours, because ours all live somewhere else, Texas. Or, you know, yeah. we're, we're, you know, so wow. that's, that's where it starts. But, yeah. I, you know, that's what we, that's what I write to. And that's what I coach yeah. to. That's what the podcast is about every week, every Monday yeah. for six years now, you know? So <laughs> there's so many ways. And I think everybody finds their own sort of handles and their own yeah. starting place. But yeah. we have over the years found the sort of the uh, culturalness of this. It's like people are people. And so mm-hmm. we have a full framework for how to really start this and help others live this way. And, mm-hmm. and it's all really designed around six rhythms of life that everybody lives in mm-hmm. that are. God's created these six rhythms of life that Adam and Eve lived in, and you guys live in them. I promise you do. And so do people in Zimbabwe, and so do you know people in Paris today. There's these six rhythms of life we all participate in. Mm. And since so do you and so do your neighbors, now it's a matter of just intentionality within yeah, those. Exactly. It's not, I, you have to talk to me into eating. I eat every day. You know, like I, I tell people, yeah. like, hey, we should hang out more. I'm like, we eat every night, man. Either come <laughs> over or invite me. I'm there. <laughs> I you know? love it. How can you people find you? Like uh, you have the, the you um, know, celebrate all that. So you have the Everyday Disciple podcast. Where obviously they can catch that. Where else uh, should people go to learn more about w- what you guys are doing and how they can, you know, if they want to become a, a coaching student or just if they a go to everydaydisciple.com, okay. they'll find all kinds of full f- fun resources and downloadable stuff and videos and free books and. And they can listen to the podcast there or, you know, go to Spotify or iTunes or whatever they want to do. Everyday Disciple Podcast. Uh, there's a few others that have kind of nicked the name a little. So just look for that one with the okay. little feet running across the logo in my name. But, uh, but I think really the podcast is the way to kind of get okay. to know us and yeah. and kind of pick. You can start where it's at or you can just scroll back over the hundreds of episodes and go, oh, that's an interesting one. It'll always be about hey, how does this good news, you know, gospel actually speak to that part of our life? And how would I talk yeah. to others about it without being a weirdo? You know, is that possible? Yes. Yeah, it is. Like, it's good news. There's, it's called mm. good news for a reason. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't sound like good news, maybe we got to tweak the presentation. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's Amen. so good. 
Yeah, well, let's hang, let's hang out for just a couple minutes um, after this. If you're okay with that, I'll, I'll uh, check my until I get a phone call. I'm good. But uh, Caesar, thanks for being on with us, man. Really appreciate your time. And check and, your emails because you all got yes. the upgrade. You can fly now. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> awesome. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it.